Yeah, let's just fucking go. You want to intro it? Run out of time. We're ready. Let's do everything's recording. Everything's going. I wish that wasn't your background on your phone, by the way. It's it's my lock screen, not my background. God damn it! Oh my god! Dead Adam. Do you see it? Do you see that? Sato cake. It's me asleep. It was like a it was like a vampire's funeral. It was such a good picture. Vampire's funeral. Welcome to a somber bowl of dude soup. Last for twenty six. Sombra. Sombra. Somber. We'll get there. Somber. We'll get there. Uh, I am your host and MC Lawrence Sontag, and I'm joined by Adam. Impresario. I'm, I'm sorry, Google it. <laughs> uh, joined by Adam, Bruce, and James. Hi. Hi, I'm Bruce. Hey, what's I'm up? I'm that person whose name you said. Today's I'm, I'm in the back, too. And Elise is, is hanging there. out. Yeah, but, but she's, she's dying, so, so we quarantined yeah. her. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by two sponsors, Blue Apron and the O... <laughs> the OWC Thunderbolt 3 Dock, uh, if that sounds exotic, it ought to. It's, uh, it's meant to replace all the ports on your Mac products that have been taken off by Apple and their infinite wisdom. We'll hear more about that later. Huh. Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. Actually a pretty cool little gadget. Yeah, well, weird uh, sponsor first we up, here, I'll, I'll do some, I'll do some, yes. some faffing. Bruce, I know you love indie games. I love them so much. Who are you gonna play as? That cute, quirky character. You're gonna jump Shantae. off the platforms. We're playing Shantae, half-genie hero today. <laughs> no, not the, uh, host of P90X fitness programs. That's Shantae. Wasn't this a PS1 game? Uh, I don't know if it goes back that far. No, it was definitely a Game Boy Advance game. It. I always feel like Lawrence dreams of games, and <laughs> then they exist. Mm. You're right. It is a great time to be alive. On that note, 2016 was pretty good for games. Pretty bad for everything else. It's funny no. how that works out. We had a lot of good movies. What movies? That's true. Good albums. Too. Batman vs Superman. Arrival. <sighs> okay. Well, we'll get there. Oh, Suicide were... Squad. I saw Arrival last night. Suicide Squad. I figured out movies. By the way, oh, I figured it out. Them? Because like Someone Rogue did. One's getting good reviews, everyone loves it, and I was trying to figure out why, and I think it's because movies have ch have turned a corner. Okay. Um, people just care about kind of what they see, not what they feel, hmm. in movies more I than anything. One hundred percent disagree. And I think it's because the drama, the character drama, that you would normally expect from a film, um, is now replaced by social media. I think social media. Provides character drama and real life drama provides the character drama that oh you would man. normally get from movies. I see what you're saying. And so stuff. So, that, so when you go to realist. a movie and it's just a big action set piece, you're kind of like, oh, I'm okay with this because when you leave the theater, ultimately you're going to get something more dramatic from real life than you are going to, that you necessarily need from a movie. Let me tell you, I think I figured out James. Mm -hmm. I don't think James knows how to enjoy movies. Uh-oh. Because I think mm. he sees a formula in every film. Well, you sound like a commenter because I didn't say that I didn't enjoy it. In fact, I, I said that I did enjoy it. And I'm not <laughs> excluding myself from the group of people who like the spectacle of it. <laughs> I sound, look, I was thinking that long before commenters were thinking that. Alright, so long as we're doing another Rogue One podcast? Yeah, Rogue okay. One Part 2. <laughs> uh, no, and, and, um, because I am very original. Uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta take him into the fire, Bruce. Uh, because I'm so original. I did it. And because we had to pre-record this shit. Mm. Uh, we're gonna be- we're gonna run down all- all the hits of 2016. Were there hits? Celebrate positive- sure. Um... Because I like video games, I'm gonna start with that. Mm. Here's some of the top headlines I pulled, uh, d straight from Wikipedia, <laughs> hot to you. Uh, Mark Laidlaw retired from Valve Software. He was their lead writer. Oh shit, that's right. Which, yeah, also means fucking Half-Life 3 is never, ever happening. I- I disagree, but- go Oh. Ahead. Yeah. Uh oh What? No, Continue. I think- I think Half-Life- I think- it might not be called Half-Life 3, but I think Half-Life will continue on our existence in some form eventually. It's called Dishonored now. 
What? <laughs> or two radically different games, but I okay. same art director Ted Beckman or whatever his name sure. is. Sure. Okay. I it was sort of well, Wolfenstein. No, I, I think what happens is people, uh, creative types, mm. like to be challenged, and so when you make something that's as successful as Half Life Two and is hailed as the best game of all time, you can't make a sequel. You're going to try something different, like Portal or Dota or something like. You can do something completely different because everyone's expecting you to do the same thing, and so they need that. They need to challenge themselves and make something that makes them go, "Holy shit, we figured it out. We did something new." Or some fans gonna make it and they'll just say, "Yeah, that's cool." I would say I that know. money is a bigger factor yeah. than necessarily the creative impetus. I would also yeah, say if maybe. if somebody put a lot of effort into building a world and like writing a narrative that wasn't finished, they would probably be very motivated to finish that out. And if that writer was probably, let's say, working for a place that didn't want to invest or set up the production required to finish that, they might leave because yeah. it's just frustrating to sit around while the thing you were born is just languishing and not going anywhere. But hey, you know what? Two sides, same coin. Movies suck now, according to James. Well, also, I didn't say that. Well, God also, damn it. I just said that the, the whole concept <laughs> of movies being things where you go to experience new characters and new narratives has changed dramatically in the last couple of years. And I think part of that is tied to the fact that you can get your own narrative. You write your own fucking story, you have goddamn Donald Trump running for president and the Kardashians and then your own fucking social media it's like, hey, my friend had a miscarriage, awesome like, <laughs> there's your drama, it's right on your phone on an app, and you don't, so you don't necessarily need to go to a movie to have someone be like, oh, I wonder what a, a, a three-dimensional character feels like, I wonder what this character's motivations are because you don't give a shit, because you're tired of hearing about your neighbor's motivations when they went to go get their goddamn newspaper <laughs> I like that Adam had Who an interesting you? point Yeah, <laughs> already launched, I think James is just tired of being mischaracterized, which I can empathize with. Uh, next well, up in... Right. Oh. oh no, I was gonna say also, uh, last thought, VR yeah. doesn't really have a flagship game yet, and Valve's kind of been the VR. VR doesn't oh, have a flagship. VR doesn't have a flagship, so... It's Batman. It needs, it needs a Mario, <laughs> you know, to Nintendo, so what is our VR flagship game? And if they make a Half-Life game that works, then that... Or they just make a Mario a VR game, you think about that? And yeah! They, at, at Nintendo's rate, they're gonna make a VR game 55 years from we'll now. We'll call it Lucky's Revenge or whatever. I think Resident be. Evil 7 well, might be the first full-length VR game I play. Yeah. Yep. Half -Life, but we have to say that for the next podcast. What's up? Half-Life, I was gonna say, Half-Life has a, a good story, but even when I was playing it, I was like, man, this game is so fun. I was never like, mm -hmm. what is next in this yeah. journey? Like, at a certain point, you're just in the tower, and you then you have your cool, yeah. and they even, even the major story points are all punctuated by giving you something new to play with yeah which I think is why like I guess finishing out the story would be good but I think most people probably don't really care it was not it it to me did not appear to be the kind of story that had an ending mm -hmm. it was just a series of a series of conflicts in exotic locales which again yeah. I'm cool with we, well we were talking about this with Final Fantasy 15 oh, yeah. but every yeah. single little thing like every single little nuance in the game is somehow some sort well, like, it's, like, all serving the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's like, hey, let's cook up some rice balls. And it's like, that's a weird thing to put in a game. Oh, it raises my attack power. But then you like, also get, like, a, a ridiculously high-resolution uh, 3D model of yeah. the rice balls. So you can just stare at it and be like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I love it. Uh, we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. We haven't gotten to the game releases yet. Uh, running down the other big headlines, game trailers shut down, which is kind of... I thought a big deal because to me it was sort of a signifier of the changing face of games media. And Elise, you hear about this? Things like that. Elise, no, she you doesn't hear about, about Game Trailer? You don't have a game. job anymore. It's gone. 
What? Game trailer got shut down in 2016. No more game trailer. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the writing on the wall for a long time after the acquisition. We talked about this in that, that episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, oh, I had kind now, of seen so. the writing on the wall, and when you guys contacted me, I, I thought, well, you know... I guess I should take an opportunity because you know, those, <laughs> those guys have been doing Patreon and they're they're doing really well. It seems and still getting to do what they like doing. Um, I guess we'll see what how long, you know, the current state Ooh. of the media goes. I think I think what's interesting about uh, game trailers is that game trailers was such an old school at the time, like towards the end, was like considered such an old school form of covering this yeah. industry, mm-hmm. right? But then, but then the people there managed to transition to a much more new hmm. form of it. You know, not even necessarily YouTube, but the like we like the content you make, so we will go directly to the people who like it to support it. It's interesting how that that flip happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Game Trailers is beleaguered by a bunch of problems. One being the Viacom YouTube lawsuit. Yeah. Oh yeah. But mm-hmm. then also just it was called fucking game trailers. Like I was gonna say you know? a little little life pro tip for all you out there. <coughs> if and when you're ever gonna start your own brand or your own IP, don't call yourself Minecraft Stan if you ever wanna <laughs> talk about anything else other than Minecraft. Yeah. Um I mean that was sort of our issue with inside gaming. It was like, well, what if we wanna just do a movie podcast on a on a thing called Inside Gaming, that's a dumb name. Can't do it. So yeah, when you call yourself Game Trailers, and then you're like, well, you yeah, can't, you can't transition into anything yeah. else. Do you, you like our it. reviews? <laughs> uh, mm. Yeah, it seems <laughs> like it seems like 2016 really did separate because what like old school previews, reviews, bunch of dudes sitting around talking about games they like. That seems to now go into the status of enthusiast media, where it has. That was my cup. <laughs> I forgot it was there. It has to be supported directly by the people who have a pretty deep attachment to it, or like games enough to. You think I'm still gonna knock it over yeah, there? Uh, it already fell over once. Well, the uh, like the Danny O'Dwyer situation I thought yeah. was really interesting because we've said countless times when people ask, "Hey, why don't you guys do more like serious games coverage?" And we said, "Because no one's gonna watch it." Yeah, it's, uh, it's and I, I still stand by that because well, his videos do. Absolutely true. They do okay. They, they're like in the hundred thousand range, but that wouldn't be enough to support him if he wasn't getting twenty thousand dollars a month from Patreon. Yep. So, and I'm okay with that. I I'm totally fine in the world where people vote with their wallet and say, "I will pay because I want to watch this stuff." That's mm-hmm. perfectly fine. But if you're someone who's going out there and you're trying to make a name for yourself and you're trying to start a business, going out and making doing hard journalism and doing this stuff, you will not make any money. Well, it's uh, unfortunately. It's the same thing that's that's happened in all other forms of media, like Rolling Stone or whatever. The people who write about the producers of individual music albums and and the the weird tribulations they had producing this one album and oh, isn't that such a fun quirky story? Yeah, if you're super into music, but 99% of people just want to listen to Justin Bieber, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's important to recognize, especially if you ha- grew up in enthusiast gaming, that you are an enthusiast and that the mass market kind of doesn't know or care, nor should they. Um, so that's why you see like gaming blogs like Polygon and GameSpot. They're reporting on movies and just general nerd pop culture now because they have to. Um, whereas back in the day, it might have been they might have been able to cut it. Just blogging about games. So yeah, it's it's kind of blog. Yeah, I always like that. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna blog about this later. Oh, you watch out. Just you wait. Just yeah. wait till you see and, my blog. And just like publishers and developers are doing a much better job of being their own resource for mm-hmm. their their specific news 
and details like you can go to the Nintendo YouTube channel and they can deliver all that information to you in a way that they've sculpted and crafted mm. and it may be more biased but they can give it to you first from the source so mm. you don't necessarily need a third party saying I went to Nintendo and got mm. you the scoop um, I do think when stuff like Jeff Keighley's Final Hours happen... He's dead? Yeah, he's on his deathbed right now. <laughs> and uh, there Gabe is Newell. kind of a, a more um, like subjective take on a story. I think uh, the No, like Lawrence writing the No and, and what the, the staff in Austin do, the way that they analyze news, um, I think is still a great perspective. It is great. It. <laughs> it's kind of the. You're right. It's great. Lawrence well, is great. But it's shifted so much from where, where it used to be. This was sort of the the unspoken rule. You get invited to an event. The game company flies you out. They don't give you any money. They give you food. They give you shelter in the form of a hotel. Mm -hmm. Just um, to hold the. And they give you. And they fuck. give. You know, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and but they, the thing is, they're like, we're giving you this early exclusive look at this game and here's a gift bag and here's all the stuff with the hope that's going to skew your perspective yeah. to be positive. They massage your ego pretty hard. Um, what happens there though is candy. you get that one guy who goes I only play Japanese RPGs and he goes and checks out Halo 3 <laughs> and he goes I don't get it and then people go what the fuck moron like why don't you get it why didn't you send a guy who likes Halo to check out Halo right um, so kind of like what Elise is talking about the shift now has been you're seeing game companies hire those types of people who yeah. are sort of like self-proclaimed fans of stuff, and they just go, "Yeah, I'll, I'll say nice things about Zelda all day." That's an enemy. Yeah, it yeah, is. and also like with traditional with news ball, media, you, you know, you want the most non-biased perspective, right? You want mm -hmm. somebody just to give you the facts without in. Uh, you used to without giving their own opinion That's also on dying. it, but now with I think with gaming news, especially. You want the opinion and analysis-driven aspect of it. You want to know what so-and-so thinks. You want to know what PewDiePie thinks about this news. Because it all ties into the bigger narrative. You're <laughs> yeah. developing for yourself kind of, outside yeah. of social media. media. That you were miscarriage about social media yeah. a few minutes ago, right? Um, Microsoft Whoa. also discontinued the Xbox 360 this year. Uh -huh. So, allegedly, what, what will I do if I want to play one? I'm just saying, man. Lawrence, was the Wii, dis Wii U discontinued? Uh, that, that went back and forth bizarrely. A lot of the manufacturers said, we're not making that shit anymore, and Nintendo said, yeah, they are. Never Nintendo has kind of have a habit of doing that, though. They'll, <laughs> That's what it is. they'll say, this is not true, and then a week later they'll announce that it absolutely is true. So, right. I didn't actually check um, with finality what the conclusion was there, because I don't care. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Wii U, yeah, was, was ramping down production. I'm sure they still have. What a lot a, of inventory on hand. What a sad story. The Wii, Wii U. U. Yeah. The Wii U narrative is one of... It, it's like the Dreamcast of today. It's so crazy. kind of is. kind of, yeah. That's it's a actually pretty, A lot really of people good. have been making Thank you. I <laughs> am smart. Yeah, it's that, very accurate. That NES Mini, in like three days, sold what the Wii U sold in six months. Yeah. Yep. It was also half the price, or what, <laughs> a quarter of the price? Well, yeah, it was also Nintendo delivering a very specific thing to people without giving them any choice. It also had Mario. <laughs> Mario. Mario. What do you suppose I do? Yes, you can swim. I think, uh, yeah, it, it's a shame because the Wii U, I still, I still feel like I don't necessarily regret getting one. Sure. Um, but what, just wasted potential. Yeah. It's like the, it's the Sean William Scott of gaming consoles. <laughs> wow. He had the Stifler came out and we were like, man, this guy's going to be in everything. What a charismatic guy. 
But then, yeah. you know, he just kind of like popped away and wasn't. With that said, Role Models and Goon are two very good movies. Those are highly, his two highest rated movies. I highly really. recommend watching I never saw those. Goon. I should watch Goon's Goon. fantastic. It's getting a sequel. Yeah, it's about uh, hockey. Well, uh, <laughs> we, what, what do you have next on your list for us to speaking of, of fantastic things that aren't appreciated Beasts. properly? Sonic the Hedgehog oh, huh? also had his 25th anniversary this year. Finally. Oh yeah, Year of Sonic. Man. Yeah, Year of Sonic. <laughs> yeah, we wanted like to call the Year of Sonic, and then Sega struck our video. <laughs> oh yeah, man, neat. Then we went to their party. Yeah, you got all that the was an awesome dogs party though. That was best party. industry party I've ever been yeah, to. Absolutely. I'll give Sonic. F I didn't play it, but I'll give it a good review. <laughs> free, free chili dogs. It's Sonic Mania. Free chili dogs is great, and then. He restored the PowerPoint the, not working. He restored the power to so walk perfect. to kids. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. No, that kid wasn't walking. And then I, I watched the uh, I watched the stream and the audio had this horrendous like buzzing yeah. feedback over it mm. the whole time because it was so fast. Nah. God, to go fast. I love you, Sonic. Through 2016, so I love it's you over. so much, <laughs> man. But you know what? I also love fresh cooked meals prepared at home fast. <laughs> From Blue Apron, um, so Blue Apron is a is a meals by mail service. Uh, once you sign up for it, they will ship you ingredients for a, a variety of meals directly to your door. Comes in this cool little cardboard packaging. It's got little ice packs in there, so everything's fresh and fresh and ready to go. And then all of the packing materials are recyclable. All of the food comes pre-portioned, so there's no food waste either. Unless for some reason you don't eat it or it goes bad in your fridge, like like who would ever do that? Who would ever accidentally get a Blue Apron order and then go on a trip and then come back to find a cucumber that's turned into sludge? And like is that the one that I brought in? Um, no, actually, I think we okay. made it through that one. Okay, because no. when when you were yeah. when you were in Japan, I, I found I really a do. Blue Apron order outside your door, and I was like, uh oh. You did the right thing, James. And I brought it in, put it in you're your a, fridge. You're a true friend. You <laughs> and saved you fed his fish. And I fed, you I fed, fed my fin diesel twice. Yes, and he survived both times. Uh, yeah, my my fish is still alive, and I had fish to eat, so. Here's, Everything came up me. Here's how you know. Here's how you know you're a good friend. Your your other friend in the asks you. Ask, okay. <laughs> so uh, I we I want to hear about good friends in a minute. Uh, so, and in addition to them giving you pre-portioned food, uh, they also source all their food uh, responsibly. They say their seafood is sourced sustainably under the standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. And then they also say beef, chicken, and pork come from responsibly raised animals. In addition to that, produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming, which is a really cool phrase. So if that sounds like the kind of thing you might want to do, maybe you're maybe you're looking at 2017 and looking to make some life changes, you want to eat better, want to do right by the environment, you should go to blueapron.com soup, and you can get th uh, three meals for free with free shipping. So you can try it out. It's fantastic. Once again, that's blueapron.com soup, and I think you'll enjoy it. All right, James, tell me about friendship. Friendship is... Uh is your friend asking if you can take care of his fish, and then you feed him once, worry that the fish is probably not going to survive, so then you start looking up, like, aquariums and pet stores nearby, <laughs> just in case it's dead, so that way you can replace the fish <laughs> without him ever noticing. What color was the fish? Uh... It's like a... I know. Like a reddish? I don't know. There's Whatever. red on there, yeah. Yeah. It's a red and blue. It's a Superman fish. So you don't think he'd notice? No, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> Good. Uh, I, I, he wasn't even going to look at that fish. Like my fish is behaving differently. Like, how? How does he know? tell? It's just swimming around looking at things. All right. And then because I'm also a good podcast producer, I wrote down a list of games that I liked. So I'm going to say those out loud right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm going to say those out loud. Uh, no, there's more substantive conversation here. 
Such um, as. But I'm totally reliant on you guys to provide that. Right. Um, so here are some of the hot releases of 2016. Uh, the Witness. Did you guys play that? Uh, play a, little a little bit. Yeah, the line the podcast, puzzle. Yes, the did yeah, anyone finish it? it? That's it? Anyone I didn't finish, finish it. it. No one did. But I, uh, yeah. Gripping story. So I, um... More well, puzzles? There's, something starts to form. It's very, I mean, to, to compare it to Mist is a little obvious, but... In the same way that Mist actually did have a story that you started to figure out about two-thirds of the way through the game, the Witness also starts to click together about two-thirds of the way through the mm -hmm. game. It's super cool. Um, poop-toot. Uh, I did, I did not finish it, but I also had that experience that I haven't had in about a decade with a game where I was stuck on a puzzle, just absolutely stuck. Like, looked around the room 18 million times, couldn't figure it out. And I was like, you know what, I'm, I got my pride, I'm not gonna look up a walkthrough. So I just put the game down for like a day, came back to it, and within like 10 minutes, I was like, oh, that's what they want oh. for me. So, there was this, yeah, there was this puzzle where like, it w there were a lot of perspective puzzles in the witness, obviously, but this one was like, there was a tree, and the branches were growing in the pattern you had to trace through a line puzzle. But, like, I would align it all, but it just wouldn't match up. And what I figured out after I'd left and come back was that part of the branch had snapped off, so the rest of the puzzle was like on the floor. Yeah. And I had to yeah. figure that out. That's a cool puzzle! And so the witness gets a 10 out of 10. <laughs> and so does this podcast. Um, let's see your XCOM 2. Is that the only one who played that? Alright. Uh, Firewatch? <laughs> Even Adam shook his head at yeah. that one. XCOM 2 was fucking great. Firewatch is on my list of games I need to play. Did play Firewatch. I well, Firewatch is pretty overrated. You don't, you don't really play it, right? You just kind of watch it. Yeah. It was, a, it was a great little time that I think came out at a time when there wasn't much else to play. I think it was better than Gone Home, even though they're kind of, of the same ilk. It's so just an interactive story, which I'm okay with, because this doubles down on the story. I don't think but. it was like... It wasn't necessarily uh, a milestone in art gaming like no. a lot of people seem to regard it as. Yeah, I mean, um, people do that with fucking everything. Wait, Firewatch or Gone Home? Fire, Firewatch. Firewatch. Both, oh, I think. Or Gone Home, yeah. Yeah, because Gone Home I heard loads and loads about. It was, it was okay. Yeah, <laughs> loads. Nice. That's the last thing they want in Gone Home. Because <laughs> lesbians. Lesbians, 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 right? Yeah. Uh, Layers of Fear. James, at least I know you guys played that. That was good. Yeah, that was really good. Fucking great. Fur Boy. It's been a while since I played a good kind of spooky house type game, and, yeah. and that really delivered. I also really like, because games have the unique liberty of being able to play with uh, perspective and perception. So it's the sort of thing where like you can look one way and then they can just change everything behind you, and then when you turn around, you're in a totally different room. Layers of Fear uh, busted out some of those tricks, and I, I love that yeah, shit. Definitely with like PT's cancellation and then the uncertain future of Allison Road, when we were kind of getting our hopes up, it was an, a nice little horror game. Well, you got Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah. It looks cool. Get your fix. That's next podcast, man. That's that's 2017 <clears throat> podcast. You gotta... You gotta cool with those references. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Street Fighter Five, James, I know yeah, you've been Street in Fighter Five is awesome. You're naming a bunch of things that came out, and I should know that they came out. But I don't... I didn't care at the time that they came out. Well... <laughs> we'll get to the movie part in a second. Man. Maybe you can... Maybe you can accept. No, 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 I just... I forgot Street Fighter came out. It totally did. It's crazy. A lot of people did. It's actually yeah. great. Street oh, Fighter okay. Five is, uh... Is I mean, aside from just being a really solid fighting game unto itself, it's kind of um, much like Hitman, which also came out around the same time. Hmm. It really is an evolution of the platform in which those games are delivered. Um, when it was when it came out, it had very it had like a joke of a story mode and online multiplayer that was not also that great. Hmm. So when it hit for sixty dollars, it was missing a lot of the staple features that fighting games are kind of used or fighting game people were kind of used to. But then over the subsequent months, it got patched, and new characters were added, and new modes were added, new features. And now at the end of the year, it's one of the best fighting games out. And one of the most fully featured fighting games out. So it's kind of a testament to 
Well, that sort of release it's, strategy. Though I don't know that the community is is huge. Like, I was gonna like, say, I worry. Mm. The the sad thing is that's how a lot of these fighting games should be. It always bothers me when they release a game <laughs> and then six months later they're like, all right, now the full version, right? Yeah, that kind of is lame. Street Fighter gave a lot of that stuff back for free. They were like, hey, here's just a story mode. Don't worry about it or whatever. I think, though, the problem is people were like, this doesn't justify the cost, and word spread that Street Fighter V was not a game that was worth it, and so no one bought it, and then... Well, uh, so, Bruce, I have a question for yes, you. Yes, sir. Did you play Street Fighter, like, when you were a kid? I like, did. Street Fighter 2 and stuff? Absolutely, I did. Um, are, you, are you like me and have zero interest in ever playing another Street Fighter game? Uh, I do. I have zero interest in playing any, any I, fighting game. My, my reasoning is I'm far too intimidated. Right, by the community. Oh. Because the yeah. community is so... They have this sort of attitude that I get that is holier than thou. <laughs> of like, you scrub, you play the controller, Eat a dick. Fuck off. <laughs> no. See, and then they're like, where is everyone? Why can't I play anyone online? <laughs> what, like, you, what you don't... I'm mean, inviting. So I totally get why you might think that. What you don't appreciate until you actually try to play Street Fighter Online is that there are a lot of people who play with controllers who say that, but all they do is just, they wiggle the stick randomly and just smash all the buttons. Well, yeah, that's a button masher. I mean, yeah. and, that's, and that's typically the way that I would play a, a fighting game. Yeah. But that's just because it was for fun. It was always like, yeah. oh, I was playing against my friend who's in the same room, so we both button mash and then whatever. It was a random, sort of a, a random occurrence. There was usually one or two guys that were like, I've got this game mastered. Mm -hmm. And then we'd pit our button masher against the master guy, and the button masher would always win. Take well, it down a peg, yeah. Always so win. I, I lived in a, not, not a small town, but like there was only like one mall. It was a pretty pretty sizable suburb, but that was the only place you could play Marvel versus Capcom. Mm -hmm. And so I'd always go there, and I was maybe the only Caucasian male in that area. There's just, for whatever reason, all the really cool raver, like, uh, Asian dudes would go there. Yeah. And I couldn't play. Like, because I would go there, they would be playing on the machine, I would play a game, get my ass kicked, and I was like, well, the, well, yeah, I the, think I'm done with fighting games. The arcade, the arcade. How do you, how different. do you get better at something when you're just getting your shit it, pushed in one quarter at a time? Actually, it was 50 fighting, seconds, so. fighting game suffers from having no excuses, <sighs> like other than maybe lag or something. Like, there's really not a lot of excuses for losing. So it's not like Call of Duty. You know, like you either you your team lost for you or whatever. Like that doesn't happen in Street Fighter. If you lost. Then you lost because you are worse than the other person, sure. or you're having a bad game, worse than the other person, mm -hmm. and that's a really difficult hurdle to get over. Like, I I have a very hard time with that actually. Interesting. It it's just a For, uh, a, a fighting game hasn't appealed to me since Marvel vs. Capcom three, and that's just because I like the roster. Oh yeah, sure. I was like, neat. I can play as Deadpool, but the minute someone came up and said. Oh, hey, you playing? I play this game all the time. Said so I'm, I'm out. Yeah, no, 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 no. I want to fight the computer. And then even sometimes yeah. the computer just kicked the utter shit out of you. Well, the last yeah. fighting game I even I beat the completion was that Mortal, that really good Mortal Kombat reboot. Yeah. Oh yeah, nine. Uh, I think it, it was just called Mortal Kombat, right? Or X. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's technically nine. But it basically, oh, the, yeah. the story basically was Mortal Kombat one through three, yeah, like that retold. Nine. That was awesome. Which is which is A one of the things retold. that actually worked against Street Fighter Five in its release is that. There's basically no way to play against the computer. Yeah. Really? Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, really. it had, like it had, Lawrence said, a very bare bones. The pissiest easy AI in the world. Yeah, a very bare bones oh. AI mode where you do one round. You basically do three different fights against key story characters. And then, but you just do one round. It was just kind of tacked in there. So that whole initial fighting game challenge of like, I'll try it with four stars. I was like And that. then if I could beat yeah. it, I'll try it with five stars. And yeah. then if I could beat that, I'll get the ending. Like, 
like that's kind of they didn't have that ready to go and so really? any of you guys who would have n- not gained anything from going online and like never using that game mode there's no reason there was no reason for you to get Street Fighter 5 yeah. at all the uh, the thing that uh, I'm not gonna stick on this conversation or this topic too much but fighting games are um, there was, there was fascinating to me because you cannot play a fighting oh. game and get upset about losing um, or rather you can but you won't you won't last that long um, fighting games to me are invaluable because most single-player games now don't really show you a fail state. They never tell you that you lose. They never tell you that you're doing poorly. That's true. Um, and it's it's kind of weird because yeah, that if you know if you grew up on NES hard shit, failure was assumed. You were going to lose, and it, it was unrealistic to expect that you would win anything the first time you tried it because you didn't know what you were doing. Often it was so poorly translated, you had no help. It was mostly trial and error. Um, and and in that degree, playing a fighting game or playing even like any kind of multiplayer game, it's kind of an interesting reminder that, yeah, if you're playing a game you've never played before, you have to expect to lose a lot in the early going before you start to get your bearing, and then you can then you can kind of move your way up through it. But just uh, just sort of telling yourself or or preventing yourself from feeling anger at failure mm. is difficult, but it's an interesting sort of point of, of self training. I'm still terrible at it. I'm but. I'm happy there's an audience for it. I'm just I'm happy there's yeah. still something for people to play. Um, but I'm not surprised at the the failing state of the fighting game community. Yeah, I mean, I I think Adam's absolutely right in terms of like entry level gamer. Mm. I I'm not in, uh, of any interest. Also, it's a PS4 exclusive or NPC, I guess. Yeah, PS4 PC. So for me, I was I was always like, well, I guess I would play it on a controller, but I don't have a PS4. So I guess I'd play it on a PC, but. I'm not going to play with a controller because then I'll then I feel like I don't know. There's just a lot of things that stand in the way for me. Sure. Buy a hundred and fifty dollar fight stick and <laughs> you'll get good. That's what happens. Well, well speaking of buying uh, multi hundred dollar peripherals, the Oculus Rift also launched this year. Oh wow, you're right. Mm-hmm. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I was I was so ready. I was so excited. I know you were. And then uh, I don't know if it was just the early run of rifts, but man, just the image quality out of that thing is not great. Oh, yeah, and it, you bought it? Yeah, I did. So I have one at home. It's just the lenses are blurry as fuck. Uh, that's, that's a shame. It is a shame. PlayStation <laughs> that VR... seems like a major problem. Yeah, it is. That's why I don't use it much. <laughs> the PlayStation... lenses are blurry as fuck, but it's virtual reality. PlayStation VR... PlayStation VR's headset, or rather just the lenses, are great. Those are crystal clear, but for some reason, on Oculus, I get this weird, like, vertical band of light through every high contrast anything. And it... it man, it just fucking blows. Weird. What's weird because the DK I had a DK one and it didn't have that problem, so I don't know. Maybe you had a defective unit. I don't know if well no because I try I tried achievement hunters as well. They had so, a retail Oculus and did had you talked to like year. Ryan and Ryan was like, "Yep, that's the way it is." Uh, well, I didn't really talk to Ryan, but I just put on their headset and was like, "Yeah, this has the same Maybe kind it's of." Your eyes, Lawrence. Say, no, because I can use PlayStation be VR and that looks great. I think it's just Oculus, um, and I remember. This is heavily paraphrased to the point where it may not even be true at all. But I do remember reading that Oculus was having issues locking down lens suppliers in China or whatever. So I think they may have just had to, they just had to buy a bulk set of lenses from a, maybe a, a less than stellar lens manufacturer. And as a result, the first run of Oculus is just are kind of shit. Maybe. I don't know. But I was, I was super let down. PlayStation VR, on the other hand, I really, really enjoy. Hmm. But... Also, Oculus just doesn't. Man, it's got no software. It's got a mm. shitload of uh, of um, tech demos. It's got a lot of like five minute arcade experiences. I tried playing Edge of Nowhere. That was okay. It's a whole lot of whole lot of wall climbing. Yeah. Um, we're, we're still a little too early in the VR scheme of things. Yeah, no, I know. It's Oculus's all whole uh, position, which I guess is Facebook's decision. I don't. I don't really know. But the uh, 
trying to be exclusive or anything is such a bad attitude. Hmm. Um, what do you mean by that? Well, they're just talking about like locking certain games out. Oh. Um, uh, my my personal opinion is that VR headset should be treated like a monitor, and if you could only play Doom or Half Life on a certain monitor, doesn't that sound a little ludicrous? Well, like, it's funny because like the lock a movie to a specific TV, right? right. Your uh, your your computer recognizes the Rift as another display. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. It just basically outputs the image, and then the game itself divides itself into two halves of Pe an image. People already hacked it with Revive. Yeah. Like, there's already a way to do it. I just even PlayStation VR works on PC. Just having that attitude is so cancerous mm -hmm. and it's so toxic that I just it it well, bug it bugs me that this is this is how Oculus will die. Well, they see. I mean, they see it how. <laughs> They see it how basically what they do is a lot of these companies with uh, exclusivity like that. I think they use Apple as their example, uh, and they go, "Well, they're successful. They're the biggest company in the world, sure. and they're all exclusive. So why can't we do it?" Yeah. And uh, I guess the the key component there is that everything that Apple makes is like you know very 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 good and like almost practically perfect when it when it comes to who they're trying to serve. So if Oculus Rift is sending out blurry as fuck lenses to Lawrence, there's absolutely no way he's going to be like, yeah, you guys should buy an Oculus Rift and like stay within the Oculus economy or whatever. They're also late on the hardware with the, uh, the, the touch pads yeah. and the... No, it's, I mean, like... It was only seated. But touch is not even launching, I mean... Or is it even out? I don't I know. Yeah, no, it came out uh, yeah. like a week ago. I haven't, I haven't played any touch games, but... I've actually been man, thinking a lot to. this year if VR is just going to go away entirely uh, mm. the way we know it. Maybe. Mm. Um, I'm I'm thinking that it's going to be an entirely new iteration. I think this is sort of like uh, maybe like 3D, where like where 3D will come and go type mm. thing, where like people it'll be like, oh man, 3D is the greatest thing in the world for the three problem, years, and then and then it goes away, and then it comes back ten years later, but better. Um, I'm not sure. The problem know. is it could have like it can be good. It can be really good. I, again, PlayStation VR is is pretty much exactly the experience sure, I wanted. It can be good. It just it bugs the fuck out of me because Oculus. Once they got acquired by Facebook, suddenly, yeah, the Apple mentality started to creep in where yep. we have to be the biggest. Yeah. So they they delayed their launch by like a year and a half. They built their own garbage ass software <laughs> ecosystem. When you put on the stupid Oculus, it launches home like it, there's a little sensor in it and it automatically launches its own software. And then you're sitting inside this like postmodern house with this waterfall in the corner. It's like, oh, welcome to your VR home. <laughs> it's like th if this is the first one, you're not going to appeal. Uh, just like when you shot way too high, just sell it cheap, get it in the hands of early adopters, and then learn from what they say about your product. Oh. You don't have to fucking assume you know everything. Uh, pisses me off. Well, right now we're the the world of VR currently is we have the Gear VR, we have the Daydream, which is like the Google thing. You put a phone in it. You put a phone against your <laughs> yeah. face, um, or you're piggybacking off of the power of a PC to then do this thing. I think we're. We're too spread out right now in terms of you're in the you're in the alpha or beta phases of what VR is where you have a wire stuck to your head, you know, like it, that's very limiting. And I think what's going to happen is phones will continue to get more powerful, headsets will get more powerful, and eventually you will have that very nice crystal clear graphics in a wireless sort of display. We'll get there. It, it will it will all converge at some point, but we're still five years early on this stuff, so. Yeah, enjoy the the the, tr the headaches. <laughs> let let Lawrence figure it out first. Yeah, that's what I've been thinking. I'll be there. Once, once Lawrence says you got to try this. Yeah, like you cannot go. And then Adams, well, then then Adams replacing what he already has. <laughs> Resident <laughs> Evil Seven. I, I again, Resident Evil Seven PlayStation VR. That is that is a that's in an ecosystem. So it's like all the variables are sort of controlled. It the image quality is pretty good. If you play it with earbuds, the sound will fuck you up. 
that's like a that's a game that works and it's pretty comfortable to play for a while. Jess got pretty motion sickness from it. Oh yeah, she was sick for about a day. I don't. Yeah, the motion well, sick factor. Day? I don't oh, know shit. if you're gonna. The whole night she was just she was gone. She couldn't really do it, but it was because it was a controller mm. with it wasn't like head tracking or it was only head tracking. So, and yeah, Jess is like. She's not really. She doesn't really like play games typically. So yeah. like, I think she might be even the kind of person who plays a first-person shooter. She would get motion sickness. So it's like, that's a hurdle. It is. That is a hurdle for the general public. Like that's going to be. A, that's a, a challenge that they're going to have for a very long time. We'll get there eventually. One day. Once once it it becomes how like it used to be getting a pager or a phone was like a really big deal, and then everyone has a smartphone these days. Like yeah. no, it, it's just kind of. Insanity. Well, how? I, keep, I keep waiting for augmented reality to kind of jump into the fray and be almost more usable than virtual reality. Huh. Where like, because I know obviously Hololens is way off, uh, but but in terms of like glasses and things like that that you mm -hmm. can wear or like contacts stuff like that, I feel like they're a lot closer on that stuff. We just don't see it as often. Yeah. Well, did you see the so. AR stuff with like Amazon shipment centers? No. no. They would. Uh, there was basically like for the dude driving the forklift, there'd be this heads-up display that would put a track on the ground that was the most optimal path to the thing they needed cool. to get off the shelf. Wow. So yeah, for the for the the worker bees essentially that are just like grabbing uh, you know, sixty feet of garden hose and then putting it in a cardboard box. This actually shows them how to get there quickly and get back to the shipping center. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Or if you gotta go to the bathroom. Well, show you to get to the optimal bed. P route. <laughs> yeah, you just you <laughs> find optimal arc. Yeah, I know. For your you first. find the stack of knack PS4 games that no one's ever gonna buy and just pee on those because <laughs> who's ever gonna go to that part of the warehouse? Knack too. Got it. Uh, okay, now. some other releases. Um, Quantum Break, which I really liked. No one else played, I don't think. A lot of people like talked about it and said it was really good. Yeah, it was really good. It was a uh, there. Actually, 2016 was a, a great year for games that didn't really get made a lot in the last decade or so. Quantum Break was one of those explicitly single player, explicitly story driven. Sort of experiences and and just playing it on that on that level was really enjoyable. Thank you for the reminder. We're actually going to play that on our break. Hey man, do it. That's on, a, that's on my list of games I need to play. That's one of those. Like you can knock it out in six hours or so. Mm -hmm. Um, I I actually got about halfway through playing it twice, and the second playthrough was still really interesting, because it's it's like a closed loop time travel story. Yeah. So a lot of the uh, there's some obvious stuff that seed is like, oh, that's you in the future. Like yeah, yeah, I got it. I figured that out. But there's some other things like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for the spoiler. No, it's it's obvious. Uh, that's the easy one. But there's some other really small things that characters do. Then once you start to understand the rules of time travel and the sort of things that that it can do, then you're like, oh, he's a time traveler too. I just stuff like, like that. I just like Remedy as a yeah, game developer. Same here. I, I don't think they've made a game that I don't like. Everything uh, they've everything yeah. they've made has been pretty damn good. So I trust them. Uh, let's see here, uh, Uncharted Four, which. Um, I thought again, kind of on the track of explicitly single-player story-driven experiences. Did you play I that? Enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, we played some of it, never finished it. Probably the first the Uncharted most, we haven't finished. Probably the most beautiful game I've ever played. I, I, I guess. Would agree with that. Like visually, <laughs> visually <laughs> I, it's I mean, damn like stunning. I get it. It's got good graphics, but like, all I think a game like this is very pretty as well. Sure. Well, so, so Uncharted like Four trash. also. I'm not going to say that James. I, I'm not going to. I don't mean to imply that you didn't play it enough or that your opinion is invalid because of that. But, but go ahead and say that. There, there is a section of the game where the beauty, like the raw beauty of it, really jumps up. Did you get to where like you're in a boat and you can sail around yeah. wherever you want? Yes. Okay. Yeah. If you got there, then it's like okay. Then. I mean, it it looks real good, but I still think sometimes graphics like that won't maybe last as long because like th they they remade Uncharted One, so obviously it oh. didn't 
look good forever. You, I think you're point. talking about art style and art direction versus mm. kind of yeah graphics that look realistic. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like I think it's like also like the Grand Moff Tarkin thing. Oh. If you had shown that to someone in like 19. 82 but, they'd be like what the fuck but, but like no but in 10 years it's gonna look so dated in 10 years it so might dated. look a little bit more dated and that's that's the that's the art I, art style that uncharted went with and that's that's fine like i don't really I begrudge them for it it's just like really like physics. it's really very very beautiful but i'm not sure that it's going to be that beautiful it's gonna be amazing forever yeah i don't know well, I, mean, I might I speaking of um speaking of art design versus maybe uh, art prowess. There's a couple of amazing games, uh, Doom and Overwatch. Um, I think both both had incredible art design in, in different different ways. Mm -hmm. um, Doom maybe a little more explicitly like technically amazing because it just runs so fucking good and it looks amazing. Yep. Whereas Overwatch, the man, just the art design of that game well, was and is running, impeccable. Was, I mean, I was just, oh man, there, you play a game of Overwatch. I, I'm constantly surprised at how that game isn't breaking. All the time, just testament to how good Blizzard is. But there's a lot of factors going on, and they keep adding things into it. Like there's always there's always like a weird glitch here and there. But like that game does not break. It's already like you would expect Winston while he's jumping, and then there's a graviton surge, yeah. and then someone's firing missiles that something would go through the ground, right? And mm -hmm. it's like no, it all it all well, stays together. The only the only bad thing you see about not bad thing the only thing you see about Overwatch is someone gets like Junkrat mind. Launch, but then they fly off the map into the infinity. Oh, but even then, you're like, Holy shit, they modeled all that it's, shit it's all around it! Like, so cool. like <laughs> well, and just all the yeah, the ragdolling so is so fucking awesome. Uh, I remember I got killed by a Reinhardt. Um, so here I was, yeah, I was playing a Zarya, so I got killed by Reinhardt. So she just kind of like just ragdolled as like a plank straight up in the air for mm -hmm. some reason. I got hit that way. And then a diva ult exploded right under me, so I just shot up like a rocket. Yeah, yeah. Was like, <laughs> that's awesome. No, it was it was really fucking funny, and that stuff kind of happens every match. Also, like James, I think you were talking about it. This was a while ago, but apparently the characters' expressions will change based on what's happening in the mm -hmm. match. Yeah, they will. Yeah, and that's just ridiculous. Why? They no, also, I know. Detail. Who's gonna also, see that? They also make sound effects and stuff. Did yeah, yeah, breathe, yeah they breathe heavily. Did you know uh, Sombra has a uh, Tron death animation? Like she derezzes? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. No, little I details, and that, that's only like once every once in a while. <sighs> it's the little things they do. That's yeah. so good. That's what I mean. That's what Blizzard does the best. Yeah. yeah. They, they they know how to perfect games. Just so. putting all that attention and effort into it, knowing that um, I, I love the mentality that not everyone will see it, but someone will. Like mm -hmm. if you if you take in all of the players, they're all going to see some part of it, mm -hmm. and we want to make sure that you know we don't we don't need everyone to have the same experience. We just want to make sure that everybody sees some part of it, and mm -hmm. I think that's really, really cool. I, I think it's kind of amazing that there's a multiplayer-only game that we're still talking about. Yeah. And this was, I think it was like a Dude Soup Live we did a while ago, and we were sort of like, who knows anything about Overwatch? And I was like, what the fuck are these guys talking yeah. about? Because we were lucky enough to get into the, the beta. Yeah, we were playing the beta pretty early on, so it was like, kind of crazy that now, now people see it, because it's sort of available. Um, on that list, though, damn it. Uh, fish I wanted, gets everybody. Yeah, fish gets me. I wanted to, my, my personal... Beautiful game of the year uh, goes to Hyperlight Drifter. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people played that. I yeah, no, that game was. Hopefully they did. Was it, it's great. If you're looking for really a sort of like modern too. Zelda, yeah, we played it on the podcast. It, was, it looked really, yeah, yeah. really cool. Yeah, uh, I think that's why I went back and played it. Yeah. Um, man, that is a that is a solid game. So good. Yeah, that anyway. and I for some reason I, I linked that in Fury, even though they're very different kinds of games. Yeah, I wanted, but those are two great. If, if you kind of, if you are I. 
Yeah. Yeah. Boss rush game. What wasn't was not as uh, polished. Oh, yeah. did you did you end up playing that? Played a little bit. Yeah. Really kind of interesting how there's the way that game works is it kind of looks like Hyperlight Drifter and all yeah. that stuff, and it, it has kind of like an Afro Samurai look to it. But um, you only fight a boss. Yeah. But yeah. the boss has different stages, so it's really interesting. And then the music's by Carpenter Brute. Yeah. Who is awesome. Yeah. So. A lot of good, a lot of good stuff out these days. Uh, yeah, speaking of, speaking of kind of uh, minimalistic indie games, Inside came out this year, which was also to the adulation of of art house gamers everywhere. Also on my list. That's uh, the the from the same company that did Limbo, which mm-hmm. I, I think is why it got so much attention because Limbo was kind of a early 360 breakout of their their indie catalog, kind of along with Braid and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Inside, um, it's a fun playthrough. It's worth playing through. I don't yeah. think it was quite as good as Limbo, but that's just me. Just me. Just me. It's it's weird because I think Limbo excelled on like kind of what it asked you to Im- like imprint onto the story hmm. like what do you think the story is you're dead the whole time and in uh and this is a little bit more overt but then it didn't it also didn't satisfy me as well yeah, as limbo kind, did kind of the same it's one it's weird cuz they added more specific narrative but that didn't that didn't make it nearly as fun as kind of me trying to guess, you know, or me trying to be like, oh, well, I think it's this or this is the I don't know. less I is more. So it was fun though. The puzzles were really really good in it. And I did you ever watch the stuff like when you played through Limbo? Did you do all the extra stuff? Yeah. Find all the levers and open everything up and oh, then go back inside? at the beginning. Oh, sorry, in, inside. Yeah, I got the I got the like true ending or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Which is only marginally different. It doesn't doesn't really provide any new insights on yeah. the game, which was kind of my bummer. I think Limbo, once you finished it, you, there was there was kind of a second meaning that you could sort of come to as a conclusion there. Mm-hmm. I think Inside was a way more uh, subjective. Yeah. And I have some ideas, mostly related to, like, it's it's kind of the same old old nut that, that Bioshock has sort of hit quite a few times. It's like, when you're playing a game, you sort of give away your free will, and it's all about control of an avatar you don't care about and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. There was some... There was some some stuff there with like the little mind control hats yeah. that you would wear. I don't know. It was fun though. But if you would like to impress your own narrative upon your Mac using experience, there it is. That's that's a that's a sweet segue for you. <laughs> uh, this podcast is, pon- is sponsored by the OWC Thunderbolt Three Dock, which is now available for pre-order. Uh, so yes, as uh, for some reason, Apple and their infinite wisdom is just ridding themselves of every hole they can find. If there's an Apple device with a hole on it, they're taking it away and replacing it with brushed metal. But, what happens if you're one of those persons who needs that hole? Well, well, good sir or madam, the OWC Thunderbolt 3 dock is for you. It takes full advantage of Thunderbolt 3 technology with throughput of 40 gigabytes per second and offers 13 ports of connectivity, all through a single cable connected to your laptop. So you can do away with that confusing mess of adapters and dongles. And yeah, there's some pretty amazing images on the internet of the, uh, the spider weave of dongles needed to replicate existing functionality. So, just to itemize them, because I, I looked at a picture of it, it's a pretty impressive, uh, basically, brick that has just all these ports on it. You get an SD card reader, analog in and out for audio, for mics and headphones, things like that. Five USB 3.1 ports, an optical audio port, FireWire 800 port, Gigabit Ethernet, Ethernet Mini Display port, and two Thunderbolt 3 ports. So basically, yeah, all the stuff you get your you computer need. back. Yeah, you get your computer back. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's available now for pre-order, um, so it's not it's not available to buy yet, but you can pre-order it. Uh, you can find that at uh, owcdigital.com. Once more, that's owcdigital.com. If you're uh, if you're getting some Mac products this Christmas, or maybe you've already got them, might be worth looking into if you've uh, it, and maybe you can save some money by not buying you know a gang of dongles. You can just get the one, 
put it on your desk in the back, get your cord management all laid out, and then you get your nice sleek desktop back. Which apparently was, you know, I what I always associated with Apple aesthetic that they seem to be moving away from. But regardless, once more, that's OWCdigital.com to check out their new OWC Thunderbolt 3 dock. So thank you for your sponsorship. I know it's not their tagline, but a good one would be like, get your holes back. Oh, I agree. <laughs> <clears throat> maybe someday. Just a thought. Just a thought. Potent, you know, maybe maybe you need to cut uh, us in on some Apple of that. filling your holes. Let us give you your holes back. You oh. need them. Uh, another another news. Pokemon Go came out this year. Oh, wow, I forgot about the that. Phenom Pokemon I Go. I forgot about that game. I was the one that played it the yeah, most. Yeah, 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 Bruce. You you were into it, man. I, I really enjoyed it. Oh. Have you? It given was this. Well, it was the second oh, the tracking I, I, I site went it down. In, I don't know, two months. Man. Yeah, I was. Who knew it would be a fad? On and off. <laughs> well, Niantic well, just totally blew it with that game. For you, it was when the tracking site went down that you bailed out, right? Yeah, I mean, like, the, the problem was that the tracking didn't work in the app. Yeah. So then they were like, so everyone's like, you, now you got to use these sites. And everybody did, but the sites went down because Niantic closed them down. So <laughs> it was like, it was this awesome. really weird, like, and I understood from Niantic's point of view, like, well, this isn't the way the, the game is meant to be played. And I was like, well, shit, man, I, I had a great time trying to do that. Like, basically waiting for those things to spawn, mm -hmm. and then driving to those spots, or walking to those spots, and, uh, and being like, oh, I know, I know it's gonna be here because that site said so. Um, that was a lot of fun. And the, uh, the tracking in the actual app itself would require that you'd have to, like, walk miles and miles and miles to get the same Pokemon if you weren't using those tracking sites. Did, did you ever get your Snorlax? No, never did. Oh, oh bullshit. I, I know. I, so this is an interesting thing. It's an interesting example of where we're kind of at with mobile games. People still just want most mobile games to be games that do not interfere with their life. Like, yeah. that do not take it over, but can just f fill extra time that you have. Yeah. Most people don't have enough extra time to just wander around the park for two and a half hours. Exactly. You know, yeah. like, but they do have time to take a shit. And they may have time to run outside. Um after they're done taking a shit because they see that there's a Snorlax out there. Absolutely. Um, or they may have time on their way back from work diverting and taking a route that's maybe five minutes longer just so they can get a Snorlax or whatever. Right. But I, th I don't think anyone is yet prepared to recommit their life to <laughs> a game that's on their phone. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that was a good way to put it because I, I'm not... There were times that, like, basically I was just, like, sitting around using the internet or whatever yeah, at yeah. home and I would have the tracking site up and I would wait for Snorlax to pop, mm -hmm. and I'd be like, oh, there's one. All yep. right, cool. Is it close? No, it's not. I'll wait. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Is it close? It is. I'll get. I'll go out and drive to it. And so, like, I would drive five minutes, go sit there and, like, open the app. There it yeah. was. And five minutes. It. being like, But, like, if it's across town, Fuck you weren't no. going to go get it. If, yeah. it if it involved 90 minutes in your car or whatever, yeah. it's like, no. So it's weird that they assume that you would be willing to spend 90 minutes not even knowing if you're going to walk away with something. That was potentially this year's biggest game. Pokemon I'm, Go? I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, yeah, in terms of human was, beings yeah. that played it? Yeah. yeah. No, without, it was without this year's Flappy Bird. Ah. Yeah. Well, uh, also speaking of wasted potential, 2016 is the year No Man's Sky. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm so glad uh, heroes like Spool came out to prove us yeah. wrong. The only <laughs> one who knew. Man. I love when people form their own narratives. Yeah. You guys love See? No Man's Sky and Spool hates it. You were wrong. Like what? No. Huh? You should apologize to him. That game no. still sucks. <laughs> what? For what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I'm not sure if we've ever talked about this before. I'm sure we have, but typically, like I, I hate to explain humor to people because it kind of takes the fun oh, out yeah. of it. But when you're uh, 
we're, we're a humorous bunch. We like to, like to rib one, one, one another. Bunch. I enjoy um, jokes. <clears throat> so if Lawrence says, man, I really love trash anime games, mm -hmm. for humor's sake, I'm going to take the position of these games are garbage. Yeah. And that, uh, way, that way you have two different dynamics and, whoa, conflict, interests, comedy gold. <laughs> Not really. Uh, but if anything, you have entertainment. So when Spool comes out and goes, fuck No Man's Sky, we all went the opposite route of like, well, it could be good because we're trying to yeah. make a discussion. Not even opposite. We were just like, Spool, please tell us more. Well, yeah. we also, just weren't abjectly agreeing with him. Also, kinda, if you yeah. notice, anytime Spool goes, like, doubles down on something, yeah. he's he's... He had such a reputation for being, I don't know, yeah, like kind of whatever. We got two that, shots in that boy yeah. and made him scream, and it Any, was great. Yeah. Anytime it, it, he was get, doubles thing. down on yeah. something, it makes it more entertaining to have oh. someone there to yeah. kind of be like, oh, well, I don't think so, or I disagree. Yeah. And I think Spool also was one of those believers. <laughs> like uh, when Ark came out, he oh. was he was all about it. Yep. Like Ark's so good, and we were like, this is one, this is just another fucking survival game where you got a bunch of it's just Minecraft. Hey, Ark's still around. Ark it's, is still around. Yeah, sure. No Man's Sky is not. It's still there, but it never had the hype No Man's Sky did. No Man's Sky added as a survival mode and it's so It's so weird that early access is a genre now, which yeah. is just a first-person game that you walk around and collect rocks. They're all survival simulators. Whoa! You got, you got tricked. Naga hot chick. Kiss her. Yeah, talk her. with her. There you go. Uh, uh, but anyway, so... I don't... Uh, what ended up happening was... No Man's Sky came out, and I got an early copy of Deus Ex Human Revolution- Wait, not Human Revolution, sorry, Mankind Divided. Mankind Divided yep. And I was playing that while everyone was going, See? See? No Man's Sky is better. I'm like, I, I can't tell you what I'm playing right now, because it's an I'm under embargo and I'm playing this game early. But, fuck, I'm playing a really fun game right now, so I'm, I'm sorry you're all having a bad time. <laughs> but, uh, man, Deus Ex was great. So Yeah, Deus Ex that's, that's how I remember No Man's Sky. I ended a little too <laughs> early, I ended up playing a game I really enjoyed. Uh, I guess I'll run down the other other big releases, because we're coming up on time. Didn't even get to film. Yeah, what you gonna do? That's right. uh, Battlefield 1, super good. Mm -hmm. Return to form, really, in, this, in my eyes. Bruce, I know you love the shit. Did anyone awesome. play the single player? Am I the only one who beat that? Yeah, I, uh, I got through the tank yeah. campaign. Oh, man. I only play, I played for like a couple hours, the, which I really enjoyed, but I was like so excited to get to the multiplayer that I went to the multiplayer. The, the Australian so. guy one was so good. Yeah. Uh, I forget the, the name where you are, but uh, there's a part where you're running through a city while it's being bombed, cool. and the battlefield theme kicks in. <sighs> nice. And it's just like, this is really cool right now. And he's like, ah, oh, man. Battlefield is that oh, was an absolute, like, gosh. I've never ever seen, like, a return to form so, so like, so well done. Oh, fuck me. Nope. Um, so well done as Battlefield 1. Because Battlefield 4, I was like, oh, yeah, fuck me. Yeah, it was close, like, but not quite. Oh, yeah, I was like, this wasn't right. Uh, they just didn't get it. And Battlefield 1 is immediately back to its, and, and somehow they changed all the weapons. And, yeah. like, basically, like, made the game pretty different. And it's better. Which is, uh, which is, in my opinion, a, a, a triumph for the, for DICE. Gorgeous sounding, gorgeous looking, fun Absolutely. to play. Yeah. And it's still, it's still just a really good, really uh, deep multiplayer shooter experience. Mm -hmm. To the point where I, I, you know, I never really quite figured out the rock, paper, scissors of everything. Just trying to, man, tired of getting my head blown off but the it's second funny, I stick it out anyway. It's funny that that and Doom had such yeah. horrendous betas. I remember oh, yeah. playing those and yeah. like, these games are gonna suck balls. I, why did Pete? I don't know. You hated the Doom beta? Everybody the, did, the, and I no, don't no. Well, everyone it. hated it, um, but it, I didn't think it was representative of what Doom was. It, it wasn't, but at the because same the time, single players, the, the multiplayer is okay. It, it's like a, it's like a seven out of ten. Sort of, not that I need to attribute a number to it. <laughs> Whereas in my mind, Doom the single player is a ten out of ten. Okay. Like it's, it's a perfect single player experience. Well, yeah, I guess I can jump. Which that. just sucks. That is like, please show that. 
Well, Instead and also of focusing on the multiplayer. All of the DLC and all of the, like the all of the post-release PR and content for Doom has been multiplayer. Has it? I haven't yeah, really been. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure it's been good. It's software took it back over from I think certain affinity, but even still, just level packs, Ish. dog. It worked in the '90s. It can work now. Just please, <laughs> please, please, please. Not even that. Um, uh, aside from that, COD Infinite Warfare actually had a pretty good single-player campaign. I really enjoyed it. I haven't finished it. Um, Titanfall 2, another good single-player campaign. Good multiplayer. Really good single-player campaign. Uh, and good multiplayer, too. Owlboy finally came out, in addition to finally coming out. Elise. Elise loved it. Elise. I started it. It's really good. Oh, she's on the couch with Benson. <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, um, and then, How many uh, coughs out of 10 do you give Owlboy? <laughs> nothing, okay. Zero. A hoot. <laughs> she's giving a hoot to Owlboy. Uh, Even on her deathbed, she can make a crack a joke. Final Fantasy 15 and The Last Guardian both came out. Uh, Final Fantasy 15 is just man. Every time I play that game, I gain a new respect for it. Which, yeah, there's the anime boy. Of course, you're gonna love Final Fantasy 15. Well, yeah, of course. That game's fucking. Plus, great, you also though. love Final Fantasy. I do, for the most part. There's been some stinkers, but yeah, I'm still playing. <laughs> I'm still playing 14, so yeah, I'm in it. I just think Square Enix, their first party dev, has been really good, really good lately. Um, and I think 15, 15 is one of those games that's been in development for a decade, and at the end of it. Yeah, I can kind of see why. Whereas Last Guardian, yeah. it's been developed for about a decade. decade. It's like, oh, what were you doing that whole time? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so I haven't played it nearly enough to have a good, a really good, solid impression of it. <laughs> but fuck me, even on a PS4, that thing runs like shit. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. On a PS4 Pro? Um, I don't think there's any difference. I don't. I don't think Last Guardian got patched to take advantage of Pro features. Oui. I could be wrong about that, but it's just man, there's there's a good. Solid half second of input lag on everything. Oh, yep. Yeah, it, it controls exactly like Ico, um, and that game came out more than a decade. That was my so. issue with Shadow of the Colossus, where that game would run at like ten frames a second on a PS2. Yep. So I just, they ended up playing the PS3 version, which was way better. Yeah, you're. Um, uh, think about yourself as m more of a movie director, and ugh. like you have to sort of nudge things, but you're never really in control of them. Eh. Maybe uh, that changes if I play it more, but. Uh, so yeah, that's um, is that how we end the year? I think that's the highs and lows. Last uh, on like a dry hump. Sure. Let me let me. Hey, Man. let me. What about Dishonored Two? Oh yeah, Dishonored Two. That's thank you. I just I, I got blinders. <laughs> that was one of the that was one of the best games. Forza Horizon Horizon Three also came out. I also really love Paper Mario Color Splash. Everybody. <laughs> um, I think some of the some Thumper was amazing. I think Tron Runner was a really good game. Nobody cared about. Uh, Salt and Sanctuary was really really good. There's a lot of a lot of hidden gems. I don't know. Do you guys have hidden gems? Where are your hidden gems? Hidden Jemmy. Grand Theft Auto Five. I was oh. really busy this year and didn't get to play a lot of games. Yeah, no, that's yeah. So that's the other thing. 2016, I feel like was actually had a, a lot of fucking great games, yeah. and we, I think, collectively, were the most busy we've ever been professionally this year. Yeah. So it was a man. We kept missing out on all those Overwatch events. Motherfucker. I mean, no, no, we never I don't missed an Overwatch event. Broken. Yeah, we we just, I did. We all of them. We, we just didn't get the evidence. Oh well, I traveled during vacation, almost all of them. Though. Oh, that doesn't count. <laughs> So I got a lot of lost time. To yeah, I think uh, I think like big highlight for me is like I got a lot of five star characters on Marvel Puzzle Quest. Yeah, Marvel Puzzle really cool. Quest still game of the year. Nice bro. Yeah, I've spent a lot of money on it this year. Nice that, was, that was really stupid of me. Nice bro. Yeah. Let me. Uh, so yeah, let me. Desperate. I watched a lot of television, Lawrence. We're not even talking oh, sure. about Fuck television. Yeah. I was shit. I was gonna run down some movie facts real quick, uh, and then you can hit me with your TV facts. No, no, no movie facts are good. All right, movie facts. Yeah. Um, as we're running out the year, Disney swept the top four. Spots for highest grossing films. Shit. Captain America Civil War at 1.1 billion. This is worldwide. 1.1 billion. Yeah, yeah, when you yeah. own everything. Right. Yeah. Finding Dory at 1 billion. Zootopia at 1 billion. And The Jungle Book at 0.96 billion. Unbelievable. And then I th I'm pretty sure the next was Batman v Superman from Warner. 
Was uh, it really? Yeah. Suicide Squad also made a shitload of Yeah, cash. Suicide Squad didn't hit top 10, but it did pretty well. I think. Fuck, did, man. I, did, I'm playing from memory right but now. It did better than it fucking deserved. Also, Disney had Star Wars, by the way. Yeah. Don't forget about Star Wars. Uh, which is Rogue, also gonna yeah, Rogue get One a is top of money. Uh, so here, here's some fun facts about 2016. Warcraft became the highest grossing video game adaptation, surpassing Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, uh, which then, which made 336 million in 2010. As of this recording, though, Assassin's Creed hasn't come out and failed yet, so... Uh -oh. <laughs> yeah. Rated uh, at 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. 14! Uh -oh. oh, I'm sorry, 14. Uh, yeah, Deadpool became the second highest grossing R-rated domestic film of all time, with 300, 363 million after The Passion of the Christ, which made 370 What's the million in 2004. <laughs> yeah, same plot. Uh, <laughs> Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice became the biggest worldwide opening weekend ever for a superhero film, with 422.5 million surpassing the Avengers, 392.5 uh, million in oh. 2012. Wow. And this is the thing that I think is really interesting, considering I love Stephen Chow. The Mermaid became the highest-grossing film ever in China and the first film to ever earn over 500 million without a North American release. The Mermaid. The Mermaid. What Stephen is that? Chow. Uh, did you ever see Kung Fu Hustle? I did, or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, writer-director Stephen Chow. Okay, he I like was, his uh, stuff. He was main character in, in Kung Fu Hustle slash Kung Fu, depending on where you saw it. But uh, yeah, man, I, I really want to watch that, because I think he became like a, a diplomatic advisor for a while in China, and now he's back making movies, because CJ7 kind of sucked Did you ever see Journey to the West? Um, is that the one? No, I don't think I did. Hmm. did I get that. that mixed up with Good, the Bad, and the Weird. He got, uh, he got burned pretty hard, too, on, um, what is it? Green Hornet, because oh, he, yeah. he was supposed to star and direct That's in that. Right. Yeah. That would have been much better, by the way. Yeah. Because <laughs> I saw Green Hornet and it wasn't very good. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's my movie facts. Um, oh. That's basically all of the movies. Uh, Stephen Chow, Year of the watch, Chow. Those are Lawrence's movies. movies. Yeah, no, I... Uh, off the top of everyone's head, does everyone have a favorite movie that came out this year? Uh, I'm still gonna go Zootopia. Okay. Yeah. Zootopia is so good. Zootopia is pretty good. for the Wilder People, people yeah, yeah, is also really good. good. I don't know, I, I saw Arrival last night, so I'm too close to that, but man, that, that wrecked me pretty hard. <laughs> that's the, uh, the second... Year in a row that my favorite movie is from the same director. So, because mm. last year Sicario. my favorite movie was Sicario, and this year it's Arrival. I just I love directors that are. This is going to sound really selfish, but I love directors that are good and also work quickly, so I can watch a lot of their shit back to back. I, I do not know how that guy is putting out a movie a year. It is blowing my mind. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. And now he's well, he's already on Blade Runner, which is coming out. They're simple next concepts. Year. They're not they're not like crazy and they're efficient like, shoots. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're not super high concept like giant Transformers. He's movies, like he's know? like middle budget Christopher Nolan. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Which I don't know what they're gonna do with Dunkirk, man. I'm really excited about that. I was What's just, the twist? I, I was just reading. I don't think there is a twist. No, there I is just, no twist. I was just reading about the Dunkirk, the Battle of Dunkirk, and what happened. Um, the whole thing's really super fucking interesting. Cool. Just for Nolan met J.J. Abrams and he was like, I am to Spielberg now. <laughs> and JJ was like, "Well, they kicked me off Star Wars, so here we are." I don't think they kicked. I think he. I think he didn't want to do episodes. JJ Abrams doesn't finish anything. Yeah, that's, that's his mo. He starts things really well yeah. and then he leaves. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, what is finishing? He did Mission Impossible Three. That was a self-contained movie. No, it wasn't. It was supposed to start the whole new. Yeah, it's supposed to reboot the whole franchise. Thing. Yeah. And then he and then he did one and he walked away. He, he was like, All right, here I'm not you saying go. that it's a bad thing, but everyone's produced by his company, Bad Robot. Yeah, I'm not saying it's, it's a bad smart. thing. I'm just saying he gets in. Puts his foot in, he goes, my mark, goodbye. Lost pilot, thank you, goodbye. Mm -hmm. You guys figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Man, lost. Lost is the reason I don't watch television. That's a shame. Uh, okay. Yeah, I know. I didn't a, watch it is Lost. A shame, I mean, you I know people aren't watching Walking good. Dead anymore? Yes, good. but also a lot of people are watching Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah, I know, but it's got the lowest ratings yet. People finally figured out. Only 12 million people are watching this yeah. every week. Walking Dead has only made seven seasons or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's just like It's still that one summer. <laughs> 
It blows my mind that that show. I think still you got on. cold on one episode. Oh, <laughs> I I don't know. I just I haven't. You get to yeah. turn into a cute crab. Oh, oh my god! Look at your little crab. crab. God no, damn it! This for for audio listeners, uh, we are currently in. Yeah, we're Japanese anime crab. Shantae, half man and hero, she turned into a crab! <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, sadly, we're up on time, because I had to read my list of video games. Yeah. Watch, watch Narcos! Watch Narcos! Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Narcos! Watch oh, Narcos on Netflix, it's awesome! Pop up on Nar my, Narcos. Narcos Season 2 might have been the best television I've watched this year. Uh, Exorcist, so far, has been really good. Exorcist, what, el what other good TV? Westworld! Westworld was good. was quite good. You could still chop a good two, two hours out of the runtime of that show, though. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of TV, 2016. The AO just came out. We don't know about that. I, I, I've been meaning to watch that at least. I gotta get it. Uh, Game of Thrones. So uh, uh, Black Mirror. Black Mirror is great. Um, There's good stuff. If you uh, if you guys are a little star for more of us jerking off onto you, um, just put cutouts say. of our heads on top of gay porn and it'll be good to go. That's, it's weird that you call it gay porn, but it implies it's only men. What does that have to do with television? I don't know yeah. what he's talking well, about. Well, it's, it's just terminology. Well, it's the end of our podcast, I was you saying. You can find what you need. We basically just masturbated into everyone's yep. ears for the last hour. It's, oh. it's called a podcast, Adam. <laughs> Follow Elise on Twitter. But she hey, needs the help. Let me let me give you a heartfelt message. Oh, <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah. 2016 has been delightful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I, I really enjoy this podcast because it's a chance for us to sort of... We're still... We still... We still fuck with each other a little bit, but we have the chance to be genuine and, like, talk as human beings. Which is kind of nice, and I appreciate the fact that anybody would be interested in that. So if you're listening to this now, thank you for presumably listening all year, presumably. Um, and if you joined us this year, that's fantastic. Going into 2017, we'd just like to reach more people and do cooler things on the podcast, and part of that means we have to grow our audience. So if you have enjoyed this, uh, I would make a personal, personal quest that you just share it with friends. Maybe give us a little rating on iTunes or something like that. If not, no big deal. Just you listening is enough. So thank you for that. And we'll see you in 2017. Bye, everybody. Bye. It is 2017, Thanks isn't it?